family. Welcome to another episode of Rappers in My Backyard. Y'all know we stay lit. Thanks so much for tuning in today, and I hope that you had a great week. Well, today, we are going to have fun with our special guests, and we're going to rap a little bit about sex appeal. And on the grill, we're going to talk about the show. And you know, I love setting up every episode with a quote that lays the groundwork for a provocative and interesting conversation. So here's the quote. Practice like you never won. Perform like you never lost. And that comes from quote Deary. And I think that sets us up nicely to talk, express, relate, connect with our special guest. Wait a minute. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sweet LD is in the backyard. What's up, family? That was excellent. I love that. I, I love, love that, that song. Look, can oh, you say it with yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you got all the dance moves, though. I'm still working on it. I got it. Yeah, I need to learn, get get with you, get a couple lessons. But how you doing, sweet LD? Fabulous. How are you? Thank you for having me. I'm doing awesome. 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 Good. Well, you look good and you look awesome. So let's have some fun and kick off with this interview that I've been waiting to do with you. So first of all, I want to know what you've been up to. Um, well, right now I'm teaching fitness dance classes, um, working on my second poetry book and I'm trying to get certified as a health coach. So I'm doing a lot. Mom, wife, all <laughs> things, grandmother, all of that. Wow. Like a thousand hats, like all of us women do if we're trying to do this thing called life, you know? Well, I was just trying to wear them well. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Well, you wearing it well. So I know about your fabulous career and background and all the cool things you did, but for our audience, they don't know as much, especially our young audience. So mm -hmm. tell us how you got started in music. Uh, as a background dancer for MC Hammer. That was my start. That was my door in. Okay. Yes, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you were actually part of his crew just dancing because Hammer put on some shows. And you guys are... Yeah, we were the... We were... I was part of the early crew. So... Okay. Um, the OG. So with MC Hammer and the posse, the let's get it started, turn his mother out. Uh -huh. uh, they put me in the mix. That's me. And then he decided to have a whole entourage of about 50 people. Mm -hmm. That was the new crew. Said, yeah, I'm with the old school. <laughs> what you say? I'm with the old school. The, old, the so, original, the OG. Yeah. But I mean, you know, that created and changed the dynamic of hip hop, the way that you guys put on that full on serious show. I mean, you know, right. y'all had me thinking that I could do some steps. <laughs> you know <what> I <laughs> So I'm, sure have. I'm sure you could have. Yeah, yeah. but yes. man, y'all yes. made it look easy, and you and I both know it's not. No, it wasn't. But that was the whole thing. It goes back to your quote: "Practice as if you what never won. 
and perform as if, as if you've never lost. So it was just, yeah, the polished presentation after all the practice. That's what, what happened. That's what we put forward. Yeah, that's what it looked like. So yeah. how did Oaktown 357 come together as a group? And who were the uh, members at that time the, when it came together? It was the original three dancers. So it was myself, Terrible T, and Little P. Um, okay. Or Lil P as, as uh, in hip hop, you cut off all the other letters, but Lil P. Um, but the way it came together was through Hammer's concept of having a female group. He wanted to produce a female group. He had three young ladies in mind that he was going to... Um, use that name for O-Towns mm -hmm. 357. Um, he happened to hear Lil P on the mic during rehearsal messing around and he was like, hmm, I could work with her. You know what I mean? Um, and fortunately for us, myself and Terrible T, Lil P didn't want to do it by herself. So she okay. said she perform um, and look into being a solo artist or an artist period as long as um, myself and Terrible T did it with her. So there you have O-Towns 357. Okay. So that's where it came to be. We were already dancing together. We already knew each other. So there was a chemistry already established with us. Yeah. Right. Well, that that makes all the difference, especially with girls groups kind of knowing each other prior yes. to getting into the convoluted the convoluted business called entertainment and music. You know, with everybody Ooh, in yes, your ear, it gets yes, yes, it gets real yes. crazy. It so, does. It in that, tell us about the process of putting mm -hmm. that first album together. You being a dancer, Hammer being involved with the project, and you right. guys putting together that first release. Tell us how it came together. And that was Wild and Loose that I'm referring to. That was Wild and Loose, yes, ma'am. Okay. I believe that um, Hammer probably had some some sounds, some musical ideas in his head about what direction he wanted the girls to go in or his female group becoming us. Um, and so we decided uh, to go along with this plan of his, of his and be inspired um, and let's see what we could do. So we just took, it, took on that role. But we ended up getting into the studio and it was like, all right, we got to work on this. And he had his producers putting music together. And then we were actually included in writing the lyrics. So it was just like an all hands on deck type of thing. You know, he wanted to um, just really create a personality for us that reflected who we were as individuals, but what we were when we came together. And so that's where the sound came from. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that was a nice way that you guys had to that you guys had a chance to get together because it was that separate chemistry that each one of you guys had that really right. pushed it over the top what were right. the challenges associated with putting that record together that album the challenges were we had never recorded before okay we didn't know what it was like to record in the in the studio except for watching you know hammer put his music together mm -hmm. um and then i have family that's been in the music industry which is uh chocolate from um the Graham Central Station. That's my cousin. So oh. I was able to be with her when I was younger. But as far as getting on the mic myself, as far as putting music, you know, lyrics to music and the rhythms and all, it was all, like I said, just learning on the job training. But it was mm -hmm. a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun and a lot of laughs because, you know, you're messing up. <laughs> um, you sound crazy. So you're developing your tone. You're having to figure out rhythms and get your lips out the way so you can say what you got to say. So it, it was pretty cool. That's yeah. Cool. And I mm -hmm. wanted to ask you, because in my opinion, 
Oaktown 357, when I seen you guys perform, you guys had crazy sex appeal, unlike anything else, because Mm -hmm. each one of you guys were individuals, meaning like you had your own look, you had your own style, you had your own swag. And together, you guys exuded sex appeal. Let's Mm -hmm. tell our audience, what are some of the elements involved with sex appeal? Like in your opinion? I've heard it said here recently that confidence is is sexy. Mm -hmm. And I believe that once you, um, in whatever capacity that you possibly can, embrace who you are, in performing, which is what we did. I knew what I brought to the table. I was okay with that. Lil P knew and Terrible T knew. We knew. And so we were okay with that. We just needed to make sure that when we performed, it it was communicated that, you know, everybody could receive it in that way. So I think the sexy was just like, um, it was just added. We didn't know that we were being sexy. It wasn't intentional. You know what I mean? Right. So it happened to be the icing on the cake, you know, yeah, I think that's what it was. It was, but it was fun. I mean, we were definitely having a lot of fun. We had worked hard, so it was just like this real, like, whoo, we get to release this when we get on stage and have mm-hmm. a great time, you know. But now there was no deliberate, let's be sexy. You know what right. I mean? I, you know, I think that was the furthest thing from our minds. Um, but yeah, we did enjoy it because i was checking out some of your videos and stuff like that and i was saying like the dress you guys had on like the midriff shirts and stuff like that and was doing you know very sexual dances in a sense but it looked very different than what we see now you know it just seemed like when you had said that sex appeal is confidence mm-hmm. i relate to that as by all of you mm-hmm. practicing knowing each other putting mm-hmm. in the work ethic and being together made mm-hmm. all of you confident together so right. that it- confidence mm-hmm. when you guys got on the stage that is what exuded that sex appeal it did. Yeah. I think the sex appeal, um, like I said, is like the icing on the cake because you have choreography that you're creating to one, um, get people involved in the energy of the song, you know, mm-hmm. come dance with us, you know, so you have that choreography. But then once you start really doing that choreography and putting it out there, like terrible T is going to hit it hard. She's going to kill it. Lil P is, is going to be full of energy. And I have um, this smooth flow that everybody told me I have, I'm just real smooth with it. So when you put all that together, there's a wholeness to it. You know what I'm saying? But we yes. just had, um, we just had a lot of fun and we didn't know, like I said, we didn't know we were being sexy. The outfits, um, were because of functionality. We needed something that could handle the sweat. We needed something that gave us, uh, what do you call it? He pulled us together and kept us looking tight. You know, it wasn't sagging and, um, and then it looked good. It translated into looking good. So we had biker shorts on, the little exercise tops. We put a little belt on it, had leather shoes and some socks, and we went out there and worked it out. But we had to have something that if we're out there sweating for 20, 30 minutes, you couldn't tell through our clothes that we had sweat so much. You know, oh, so this okay. was active wear that it could handle the sweat and whatever we were doing, you know. <laughs> so that was part of it as well. But because I think um, 
for all of us at that time, we were cute. You know, we were from the Bay. Yes. Guys to another level, you know, and girls were like, let's be like them. They're fly. And guys were like, they're sexy. We did not know that. This was just so we can make sure whatever we were doing on stage, it came across and it invited everybody to have a good time with us. Yeah. Wow. Speaking of sexy, your nails look sexy and they look good with your eyeglasses. So I'm sitting over here like, come on, sweet LD, you killing me now with all this sexual peel. You know, oh. this is 2021. And I think in the last month of 2020, I realized that turquoise works for me. I don't know what happened. So it started with the glasses. I got them a few months before and then I went and got my nails done. And turquoise was the color I picked. And so wow. I've been wearing it and it's really been working for me. So thank you. Thank yeah, you it looks much. really good. Like when you know your color, you can go with it. And like I said, that sex appeal has everything to do with your confidence. Yes, you, it does. And yes. like I said, when all of you got together, everybody handled their part. You guys, you mm -hmm. really worked well together too. Mm -hmm. And it just went seamlessly. That comes from practice. It does. It comes from practice. We learned a lot. We didn't have a mirror to rehearse in front of. So we had to figure out where we were in the spacing, make sure we didn't run into each other, weren't tripping each other. And you never look to see where the other person is. That's kind of like a performer's pet peeve. Yes. I don't need to see where the other I need to sense them. You know what I mean? So we couldn't look and see what the other one was doing. We had to really own that part of the show ourselves. Yeah. Right, so, yeah, right. Cool. Man, you guys had yeah. so much fun. How important is that type of yeah. sex appeal in the success of performing songs like Juicy Got You Crazy and Yeah, Yeah, Yeah? Because, I mean, I opened the show with that Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. I mean, that just makes me feel like rolling my body in a way that's inviting and, you know, no, I got yeah. it going on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, <laughs> I think um, that's a good way of putting it. If it's yeah, 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 it's because something either tastes good, feels good, looks good, or you just feel like you just got it. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, that's what that meant. And everybody can relate to it. Um, but Juicy Got You Crazy. I couldn't imagine saying it any other way. Like, Juicy Got You Crazy. No. If you're going to say Juicy Got You Crazy, you got to say it because you know that it has him crazy. You right. know what I mean? I got him, you know. Cold going mad. Cold going mad. <laughs> you know, so, um, it's owning it, you know, and that's, again, the confidence of it. But. I just think people like the sassiness of it all. You know, it was something different than maybe another female MC was saying it. We we're saying it a different way, but right. um, they just, we were able to help people feel it. I, you know, so that's a blessing. That's yes. a blessing. They still feel it, you know. Yeah. And how did that first record end up, that first album end up? doing for the group in terms of sales and popularity because you guys were traveling the world at that time with mm -hmm. hammer so you guys were getting to see sweden and in the uk all over the place now no. were you with that or was that with the second part 
that was the second part. We didn't get to see Sweden or the UK. We got to see Japan. Okay. Um, we got to see Hawaii. Uh, we got to see a few places, and we did go across the United States uh, quite a bit. But um, I believe, from what I understand and the information I've received over the years, um, we were not actually uh, included on the information of what a billboard chart meant. Or what any RV charts, soul charts, we were not included in understanding that. Mm -hmm. But just from what I've, um, the information I've been able to receive in the last 10, 15 years, 30 years, it did quite well. It could have done better, but it did quite well. I think it was a surprising um, success to even hammer in Capitol Records. But it gave us enough to where Capitol had confidence in the group. And it was like, you know what? These girls are onto something. Let's work them. Let's push them. Mm -hmm. And so that... uh, let's get into the second album producing and recording that one okay so i I believe wild and loose did quite well yeah 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 yeah. and i was going to talk to you about wild and loose too but that first album Mm -hmm. that you guys put together it really was timely in terms of the songs and the whole look and everything and i believe that it was on the cusp of when everything was changing in hip hop. It referred to just yes. standing there with a yes. mic in your hand. The your group right, right, right. took it to that whole new mm-hmm. level to where we could charge the right amount of money to be able to have a group and everybody get paid and eat. So it was just good to <clears throat> see that. That was just empowering yes. to other women like myself yes, who yes. really thought that it was always going to be a male dominated business. Cause let's talk about that, how male dominated was for the uh, group at that time. It was extremely male dominated. And I still feel like it is extremely male dominated. And you do have women out today who are very successful. Doesn't change the dynamics of hip hop. It doesn't change that at all. Mm-hmm. Um, because even today you don't have the kind of representation that you did back in the eighties and the nineties with females in hip hop. You know, you have a certain look that's presented and put in front of you and played on the radio, but just the wider spectrum where back in the day you had Queen Latifah, Roxanne Shante, Moni Love, Queen Bahamadia, um, Lil' Kim, Foxy Brown, Oaktowns 357, JJ Fad, you had all kinds of female representation yes. in the even with the male domination, but um the the male presence done it, but I mean it's still there. You know what I mean? So it was in light of all of that, it was really interesting that we were still successful, that people still were interested in the groups, which whoever it may have been, um, really enjoyed Oak Towns 357, really enjoyed our music. And it was a it was a deliberate intention to bring something different to hip hop where you were not just seeing someone prance around the stage with the mic. We we brought dance and we brought entertainment and we again brought people into the show so that yes. they felt like they were part of it. I think that took it to another level. And it was a welcome look, a welcome presentation, um, just a, a new way of doing things. I think people really enjoy that. You know what I'm saying? So, yes. yeah. Yes. And it's to be enjoyed because yes. the thing that I love most about that time period, we're mm-hmm. talking about the 90s, 80s, the late 80s, early 90s with right, some right. of those artists. She was talking about the Latifas and mm-hmm. Salt and Pepper and all of those guys. And mm-hmm. if you look at it, 
each group or each artist had an individual style, look, yes. swag, yes. sex appeal that mm -hmm. fits specifically for them. And it right. made you feel as a young girl, young woman, young lady, whatever it is you're calling yourself, that mm -hmm. you had choices yes. to, you could take your look and make it look cool. And yeah. now it just seems like everybody looks the same because a lot of that male influence has taken, in, in my opinion, the front seat to kind of what looks good and hot. Would you agree and di or disagree and why? Um, I don't know if that's the whole way of it, um, explaining it. I think because of where the females have come from now who are in hip-hop they've brought a certain look you have to look at how reality shows and hip-hop have come together okay and so reality shows um have polished up people who were either former strippers or just whatever so you have um and then this is this is 2000 whatever so we don't Hip hop has just changed in how it looks and, yes. and how you show up in it now. So I think you just have, you know, um, I was going to say weaves are part of it, major part of it, what they call them, front lace or whatever. But even back then, we wore weaves, you know what I mean? Because we knew touring, you had to have hair that would last the show. Right. Um, I have a nice, uh, what do you call it? Texture of hair, mm -hmm. but it's not going to survive a show. It's not going to survive me. Open if you style it, I'm not going to be able to perform my show in the beginning as an opening act, and then come back and perform with hammer and have a nice head, you know, head full of hair. So I just think today there's different things available to artists coming into the industry now, mm -hmm. and so they pull from that. You know, they have the whole makeup team, they have hair, they have. Um, just a lot more um, available to them to make them look a certain way in this industry. Lil' Kim had her flair because, you know, she was, oh, my God. I loved um, her. She, you know, she was amazing. So I just think it's a different look now. I don't think it has a lot to do with um, the male dominance. I don't think that's solely it. I don't think, I think women have become more empowered with this industry, yes. but I don't think it's solely just the men driving the look and, and, and the, you know, the outfits or anything like that. I think they are having a lot more to say about that and have more control over it. Yeah. 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 Now that you bring that other element into it, I have to agree with what you said. The only reason why I was thinking about the male dominance is because we're dealing with less and less and less clothes. And guys always want us to take our clothes off. So that's why I was thinking about it from that. Yeah, that's a good point. I just don't, um, I don't think that's it. Yeah. and yeah, But now that you, you put that yeah. other tilt on it as far as reality TV and all that stuff. But again, mm -hmm. to challenge that, I would mm -hmm. think that because you have makeup artists, different wigs, different colors, that there would be some difference differences in the style so i'm gonna wait and see on that and and get back to you to see if i see some different styles of 
when I they think perform it's still that and stuff. Element. It's still that stripper element. Not to say that they don't have the talent, but mm-hmm. it is just um that's where the outfits look like they're coming from. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, and I'm not sure what that's about, but maybe they, again, feel like that's a different way of being or feeling empowered. I wore a bikini. Uh, what is it? And yet is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have bikinis on, right? but it was by the pool, you know, and it was for that purpose. Um, and then in wild and loose, we tried on different outfits to kind of see what dress we wanted to wear or whatever. So you saw us changing outfits in that, but whenever we came to dancing, we had on stuff that we were going to dance in. Which again, right. you know, was sexy, but we were fully clothed. So I just think it's a different time now. I'm not sure why there's less clothing. <laughs> yeah, me but, either. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's a sense of empowerment. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's a yeah. different sense of empowerment. Look at what is Tina Turner. Tina Turner went from you know a different attire to the little shimmy dress that was. You know, and now you have Beyonce and, and Fantasia and all of them wearing these bodices, you yeah. know, that are the cord and stuff. So it just, you know, I just think it's a different time. Right. It's just a time period that we're well, in mm-hmm. at this point. But yeah. I just want to say to all of our young and new and hot female artists out there we're all about motivation and moving a culture forward and we love you guys and yes you guys are embracing who you are your bodies and we're so proud of you we're just talking about and laying the groundwork so you guys can understand what hip-hop from a female perspective looked like and the work that goes into it so we're going to shut that yeah a lot of work and so since we ended on that. I think this is a great time for us to take it to the grill. Let's go to the grill. Let's go to the grill. Oh my goodness. I love cooking it up for them. You know what I mean, sweet LD. And today we're going to talk about the show. I want to speak to someone that knows and have done a great show and all the work that goes into it. So according to the dictionary, the show, if we use it as a noun, is considered a spectacle or a display, typically something to impress. If we use the show as a verb, an action, like when we're doing our performing thing, it is to allow or cause something to be visual. So I think you and your group, Oak Town 357, has worked the noun part of the show and the verb part of the show. So let's talk about it. Yes, ma'am. So let's talk about the work involved with the show. I yes. have been dying to ask you, how many hours did you guys rehearse and practice in order to prepare for a performance or the show? It depended on the day, but it could go anywhere from um, four to eight hours, maybe even 10. We just had to get it right. You know what I'm saying? Right. So it depends on the schedule. Fortunately, back then, we were dedicated. That was our job, you know. So we would bring the the dancers in, work the choreography, 
work out the kinks in the choreography placement. Um, you have to work the conversation in the show as well. It's not just getting on stage and performing. So you have to set the songs up. What do you want it to say? Mm -hmm. You know, what kind of conversation are you trying to have? What kind of vibe are you wanting to uh, bring the crowd into? And then you have the dialogue. What am I going to say to Terrible T? What's she going to say to me? What are we going to say to the dancers? Are we going to bring them in? Do they have something to say? You know, and then the choreography. And then you have the costumes. It's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. The DJ, what is he going to play? He's going to cut and scratch right here. He's going to pause the music. It's, it's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, you can't just throw that stuff together. <laughs> Y'all, let me tell you something. When I see all of you in yes. unison together on stage, I was like, please, that ain't no overnight. So oh, when no. you said no. 10 hours, I was like, that seems about right. So yeah. were you guys... That's, daily. that's not just one day. Oh, okay. So that's, that's daily. Yeah. Wow. yeah. If you're putting together a show, if you're putting together... Um, a treatment for a video, if you're putting together um, anything where it's like even a photo shoot, you have to put some time into all those elements to lay it out and say, this is what we're trying to convey or communicate or include or express. And then you hit those marks. You know what I'm saying? But how are you going to hit those marks? When are you going to hit those marks? What's it going to look like? What is supposed to be? It's a lot. So yeah, it wasn't just one day. That's that's <laughs> get that yeah. misconception out your mind. Now, when were you guys on diets or had a personal trainer? Because your bodies look nice and hard in a feminine, pleasing way. Yes, we did not have uh, personal trainers. We did not have dedicated days to work out. We did not eat certain foods. Like all of that's new. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? Now I say new, but of course, within the last probably 20 years, you know, it's become more focused on fitness when you're an artist and you got to get in shape and do these things. We didn't. We didn't. No. So I guess with all the practicing and rehearsing, yes. you, you guys, yes. you, I mean, yes. the group probably couldn't retain any weight because you're just eating and then dancing it off immediately almost well, with the practice. It was a couple of things going on. We did not eat as much as you would think. Okay. Because we're rehearsing. So mm -hmm. I remember when we first started with Hammer, rehearsals probably went a couple of hours. He was just breaking us in. Um we may have eaten something before, but then you have your metabolism kicked up because you just worked out for two or three hours. You go eat and then, you know, it's pretty much gone. But um, yeah, after that, the rehearsals increased. And so we just were not eating a lot. It was very hard to because you're constantly working out. Now, when he brought on the other dancers, okay, it was a workout regimen he put in place for them because they did not have the stamina or the endurance. He's bringing them cold into mm -hmm. this environment and they're having to rehearse in um, a time frame they weren't accustomed to. These were not like professional dancers. A lot of us weren't. Okay. But because we have been trained and have been rehearsing with him for maybe a year or so and traveling around the Bay Area and performing, we were already, you know, ready for the stage. They had to be groomed and, and brought into that. So, yeah, he created this workout regimen and, you know, it it. Yeah, it <laughs> uh, yeah. So... Yeah. How many hours did it take for hair and makeup and for everybody to be dressed and ready to go? Ooh. Uh, 
Oh, that's a good question. Uh, I would say um, maybe an hour. Okay. That's not bad. You know why? Why? Because we didn't wear a lot of makeup. Okay. We didn't really want to wear makeup because once you got out there, the stuff is just dripping. <laughs> and the mascara doesn't look good and the lipstick is gone. We understood we needed it for the projection, but it just was not even something we were excited about. So there were only three of us. I don't think the guys had anything to do with the makeup, but there was only three of us, three of us, myself, Terrible T, Lil P. And so at the time he could do us pretty quickly and we got out there and got it done. When Hammer's production changed though, that's when it took a little bit longer. Yeah. Yeah. Cause there was so much more involved in the show at that point. Girls who, uh, five or six female dancers. I think he had five or six female background singers. Then he had BNGB and then, yeah, it was a lot, you know? So then he had five or six male uh, backup singers, the dancers, uh, the, he just, it just grew. And so when you have that large of a group and then you have wardrobe and hair and makeup, it takes a little longer. Yes. You know, but for us, it was just like, it didn't take no time. Right. In and out. Let's get this done. We got two women and about four or five males. <laughs> no, we had four girls after a while. Uh-huh. Um, just myself and Terrible T. So you had um, the two of us, the four girls, and then the female band. But again, most of us could do it ourselves because... It, you know, you're going out there to sweat it out. So it didn't take long. Yeah. Right. It didn't take long. Yeah. Right. So how long were your sets? Because I know that you, your group, there were several other artists on the bill. Did you have a 30 minute, 15 minute? How long was the set? The for opening all the preparation. Yeah, the opening set was 15 minutes. So okay. if we open, we have 15 minutes and then we would come back and we do 30 or 45 minutes with Hammer. So okay. that's very early on. Yeah, the O-Town 357 on a lot of um, his tour, the tour dates, he had set it up to where we would open up mm -hmm. the show. And then the other artist, um, whoever was on that bill would perform in between. And then we would come back and perform with Hammer at the end. To so close his, it down. Easily, yeah, to close it out. So okay. his set could easily go 45 minutes to an hour, depending on that bill. Yeah. Okay. So shoot, you, you're, re you're released an hour and a half to two yeah, hours oh, yes. performing. Yes. 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 Full on. Night. Full on. Yeah. Oh, Full on. No wonder <laughs> you guys were in such great shapes. Oh, it was awesome. Such great shape. So let's yeah. talk about the reward. Okay. In that, what were mm -hmm. some of the reward in everything that I just asked you about looking in unison? Like I said, you guys looked very tight in unison. Your bodies right. looked really good. And I know that that has to come from this preparation that we talked about the work ethic that goes into the show. That's the first part of it is the work ethic. We had, um, we grew into that. We didn't realize that that was what was needed to um, present the kind of show Hammer had in mind. So I met Hammer uh, at Silks and we were just hanging out. And um, 
I introduced myself him, to him at the end and I said, I want you to show me how to do the cabbage patch, the cabbage patch the way you do it. So he said, we'll meet back up and he would show me. And so the second time we connected, um, he was showing me the cabbage patch. We were just hanging out. And he said, do you want to be in the video? I said, sure. So the whole thing that ended up becoming MC Hammer and the Posse was not what I thought I was going to be a part of. So we didn't... Um, come from practicing for hours. Now I was a cheerleader. I'm not sure if Phyllis had been a cheerleader or a terrible team, but they, we all had this natural ability to dance. Okay. So once we understood what rehearsals were going to be, what was needed, how to uh, fix certain things, kinks. I mean, that, the work to me, the work ethic is what we got as, um, what do you call that? like a plus, a positive, because now I understand that as a, a you know, a fitness instructor, um, I could help other people with that. So it's just the knowledge that you don't even know you have until you, you're in a situation and you can pull from that. So yeah, that ability to make sure you're committed to um, what's been put in front of you and make sure it, it turns out right, you give a good product. I think that's what we took out from that. And yeah. we love the product. So how <laughs> how did you handle it? Because it's three girls in the group mm -hmm. and everybody got mm -hmm. their own thing on their mind and what they're bringing on that day. There right. is a performance. How did you handle as a group those difficulties or when one member didn't feel that they can respond the same way they did at the last show or something of that nature how did you handle when the crisis or the my leg hurts or i got cramps or those sort of things and still get out there and perform yeah i think we had compassion for each other if someone had cramps or if somebody was tired but hammer had this thing very early on where he wanted someone to videotape the shows and so at the end of the show we would do a playback and so he would review the show and his comments will be, oh, you know, I like what Terrible T did. Okay, I see you, LD. You was bringing it tonight. Or he would say, um, you look like you had rig. Rig is like you're tired. Rig and what is your So he would say things like that. And he would actually change the structure of the show if he felt like a song was better in a certain placement. Um, and then he would change the choreography, you know, we would have to, uh -huh. it. but I think we had enough compassion. We, you know, you feelings get hurt if you feel like you didn't do well and, um, or you messed up. We forgot choreography on stage. Uh, we had to stay out of Hammer's way. We had to, because if you didn't, you would get hurt. He could spin and hit you, you know, <laughs> um, he would bump into you. So those are the things that we would have to be mindful of, but I don't think anybody, um, took it to heart, you know, like right. messed up. She's raggedy. No, we didn't. We didn't do that. You know, it was just a pep talk. Okay. You got to do better tomorrow night. You know, let's get some rest and go do what you got to do. Um, outside of that, we didn't have a bunch of, um, we didn't bump heads a lot, you know, okay. uh, because we were all working for making sure his show was what he wanted it to be. And we knew our part. Now, when it became time for O-Towns 357, yeah, that was different. We would bump heads. We would argue, um, have attitude, you know, that kind of thing and um, disagree with each other. But by the time we got dressed to do that show, you would never know it. Right. You would never 
know it because we don't. I don't have time to look at her and have attitude. I got to do this. She gonna do her part, and we want the whole audience to know they are here with us and we're here with them. So yeah, we would just go and do we got to do professional about it, and then go back to the hotel and be like, mm, I'm not talking to her. You know what I mean? Right. And, and over it yeah you just eventually get over it right stay focused on the matter at hand and deal with that other stuff after the show priority yes yes get that done um and then come back to the hotel and if you're gonna figure it out figure it out if you're not you give yourself a couple of days keep it pushing right now give you a call and you know what (laughs) sweet ld I think that you closed down the show. So for the audience, let me tell you, work, 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 work is required to be able to put on an amazing show to bring in your audience with the swag and everything. Go check out Oaktown 357's videos and see them girls work, work, work on putting that whole package together. And with that, let's take it off the grill. We burned that. Thanks for that seasoning, girlfriend. Man, it tastes so good. Wouldn't you agree? Yes, ma'am. So let's get back to these questions. I wanted to follow up on Fully Loaded, your second album, and how important videos were in exposing and getting the group to the mainstream how important was the video because at that time i think you guys were doing a lot of video shows yo and tv raps and all of those how did those video shows were what part did they play in the importance of you getting out there in a way that let the world know about your record and about what you guys were doing i think it played a bigger part than it had previously okay i think Obviously, uh, visually was very important for people to actually come to the shows and see us. Mm-hmm. Um, videos later on played a bigger part because it helped people who couldn't come to the shows um, get familiar with Oak Towns 357 and now hear us communicate with them because these are now interviews where they get to know what is Terrible T like, what is Sweet LD like, you know. So I think that was important. Um and then we just had the opportunity to take it to another level and not just be the background dancers for MC Hammer or the newly produced group for MC Hammer, but now we're out there on our own, wow. carrying ourselves. So people were able to see that progression and grow with us. So I think it was integral to making sure that um, Fully Loaded was received a totally different way yes. than Wild and Loose was. Yes. yes. Yeah. Oh, I loved Fully Loaded because just like you said, it was a different time. It was a different place. And the group brought a different energy. That album, in my opinion, has the right title. You were fully loaded. Each Mm -hmm. and every one as Mm -hmm. far as the content and the lyrical standpoint on the That was the whole point. That was the whole point. Um, we did not sound like MC Hammer. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't have the look of MC Hammer. The diaper pants, for the most part, were gone. Um, so we had created a whole different look for ourselves. Again, a more polished look. It was still sexy, yes. but we grew up a little bit. You know, we had a little bit more class to us, a little more sophistication. So we were not just the around the way girls, the girl that you're kicking it with and you're having a good time. This your home girl you go to the party with. This is now your girlfriend. Right. That you might be home. 
you know, uh, or the young lady that's starting her own business, you know, it was kind of that just a little bit more flavor to it, a little bit more mature. Yes. So I was really pleased with, um, how we came together, uh, myself and terrible T some other writers and producers, um, and really hammered just said, you guys go and do what you got to do. These are the producers. This is your studio time. And this is the direction, you know, so take it and run with it. And so he didn't micromanage us on that project at all. You know, so I think I was really happy with a lot of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. MC Hammer helped a whole lot of people in the industry. We he really did. appreciate his efforts. Shout out to MC Hammer. You changed the game. We start wearing yes. suits and start doing steps and we start being real and diligent about this thing called hip hop and bringing it to the big stage. And yeah, everything. Oh, everything. I mean, it just yeah. set the groundwork for us to be mm -hmm. able to take the game to the next level. Mm -hmm. So how has social media, in your opinion, taken the video shows from being the major platform that we used to use to get our music out there Mm -hmm. and how that platform is being used now, Instagram, as like the video platform was used. Uh, it's, it's, it's immediate and it is independent and it is uh, full control. So now I don't have to go to BET or MTV or the jukebox to see a video. I can go to YouTube at any time and select which video I want to see and I don't have to pay for it. So it's immediate, it's it's independent, it's 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 um, not controlled by anybody else. Um, when I see it, when it's offered, how much it costs. And then, you know, it's, it's the control of the artist, what they put up, you know, their content, what they want to share. Um, and it's, it's direct connection. You know, you can hear that person's voice at any time, you know, sharing what they want to share with people. So I like that aspect of it. It does feel a little um, invasive for somebody like me that came up in the 80s and the 90s and had no clue of this. Right. Now I can go to YouTube and look at a video of mine that I did not upload. Someone else uploaded, turn this mother out. Someone else uploaded, um, what is it, turn it up or... Uh, it's not your money. Someone else uploaded that while right. the news I did not had no idea what YouTube was. So it feels a little invasive in that way. But other than that, I think it's been um, amazing for me to connect with the the fans of O Town Three Five Seven. People have questions, and yes. you know they think they know everything about the lyrics, and it's just really funny. So I've had a good time with it. I really have. Yeah, yeah, you're out there in a very positive way in terms of the social yes. media and all of that stuff. Yes. And we want to know how can we follow your movement? We want to know what you're up to, what's your Instagram and all of that so that your fans and the audience that check out this show can follow you and grow with you as you are doing new things. Um, they can find me on Instagram, uh, Twitter, um, TikTok, and what's the other one? Clubhouse. I still haven't finished that one. Um, I think that's all of them, but the name is going to be the same at SweetLD357 on okay. all of them. And then on Facebook is Suhaila Sabir. Okay. Yeah, so follow me and check me out there and 
see what I'm doing, you know, come to my classes here in Fort Worth and take a class. Um, yeah. So yes. that's where I am. Yes, indeed. Yes, you know yes. what? Let's go to the quote because I think our quote, sweet LD, I think it just encompassed everything we really talked about today. So here's the quote. Practice like you never won. Perform okay. like you never lost. And right. sweet LD has definitely showed us told us and explained to us how that can be accomplished and how you can put on that performance based with that mm -hmm. sex appeal that exudes yes. confidence. Yes. Yes, indeed. So with that, I want to say to our audience today, sweet LD, thank you so much for tuning in today. We had so much fun and yeah, we had a ball, didn't we? <laughs> Yes, girl. <laughs> I loved it. Be Great sure time. to subscribe to our YouTube channel and hit that bell. And also go to our website and sign up for the newsletter. That's how you're going to find out about exciting guests on this show, what they're up to and what things we are building and grinding for next. Thanks so much to you, beautiful, sweet LD, for kicking it with us today. I mean, geez, thank you so much for sharing your gift with us and letting the new females that want to do these things in excellence, just some of the things and the nuggets that you experience to help us grow. Thank so you. let's talk express relate connect next sunday at two y'all know what to do we on youtube baby and we on go we out